there are times in our lives that there are hidden truths that need to come to the surface. And, and, and so last week, I want to recap a little bit about what we talked about last week. Because I felt like when we were done last week, we weren't done. Like I feel like God still wanted to continue a little bit of this thought. So I thought instead of just ending it and moving on, let's continue in this, this vein of thought. Because there was too much to chew on. How many know that uh, when there's something to chew on, you don't just go ahead and swallow. You've got to chew that up a little bit before you choke. Right, And so I know that for us, there's a very real truth in this day in which we live. Now watch me for a moment because I need you to hear what I'm saying to you. We talked last week about uncovering the hidden things. Everybody say hidden things. Hidden things, things, right? And so um, I realized that in in our lives there are times that there are things that are hidden that we don't know about. And... um, I talked a little bit about Psalm 78 being our main text last week, but I wanted to kind of hit on a couple of verses where we talked about. One of those things is Deuteronomy 29, 29. I talked a little bit about this and I said, the Lord our God has secrets known to no one. God has secrets that's known to no one. But we are not accountable for them. We are only accountable for what he's revealed to us. Isn't that good news? You're not accountable for what you don't know. You're accountable for what you do and what he has revealed. Listen, did you know that God cares about you so much that he's willing to reveal piece by piece as long as you're willing to receive it? Got real quiet real quick. Aren't you glad that there are times that God says, you know what? It's time to bless you because you waited and you've hung in there and I see you're ready to receive that. Well, God is going to hold you accountable to the things that he's revealed to you. For the things he hasn't revealed to you, you're not accountable for those. But what he has opened up, watch me now, he's, a, he's opened up so that you can then be opened up. Every time he reveals his truth, the reason for him revealing his truth is so that it can reveal the real you. Every revelation God brings to us from his word is not just to reveal who he is, but who you are. It's also a way for us to understand our purpose, right? There are two very important days in your life that you should never forget, right? Two very important days in your life. The day you were born and the day you find out why. Two very important days in your life. The day you were born and the day you find out why. The day you you were brought to this world and the day you find out why you were brought to this world. God has created you for a reason. And so every time he reveals himself, every time God opens up that door, he reveals himself so that you could find out who you are. Isn't that true? Even if you're not sure about that, just nod. Just follow me a little bit. Okay. Because somebody's like, Pastor Tony's too early for a poll. I don't want to lift my hand or, but I'll get you there. I'll get you there. We talked about Psalm 78, right? We talked about how there are certain things that God must do to uncover hidden things or what, what we must do to be able to see God uncover. So let me recap for just two minutes. Can I do that real quick? A, a couple minute drill here. Number one, we talked about hearing God. How many know that hearing God's important? Right, So hearing God in Psalm 78, all my people, listen to my instructions. That's important. 
Now men. Men, 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 men. You see the word instructions up there? It's not, it's not a mystery. We don't like that. We don't like instructions at all. Whether it's from people or papers from a wall unit we're supposed to build. Come on, somebody. Most men, most men have a little bit of an idea as to how this is supposed to be built. When they open it up, they're like, oh, I see this. This goes there and that goes there. But if you've ever been like me, you open up the, 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 the thing and you go, oh, I see this, I see that. Okay, here are all the screws. Here's the, I think I understand how this goes. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and forego the instructions and then get three quarters of the way through and realize I missed a, a, a step and now I got to take half the thing apart. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if you feel inclined to do so, we could identify who's like me, right? Okay, we got some confessors. Even some ladies are like, Pastor, that's not just me. Instructions are important because they lead us to a place of, of promise. And you know what? I promised my daughter. I promised my kid I'll get that desk built. I pro- Come on, somebody. Christmas time is known as two things. Gift giving. Well, maybe three. Debt, gift giving, and break out the screwdriver. Three things, right? Because no doubt, you're going to have to build four, five, six, seven things depending on how old your kids are. Right? Instructions. Very important. And what, 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 was, what was being taught here is that don't just follow instructions but follow instructions so that your children would know who I am. So we talked about hearing God. I don't want to go into rehashing last week's message. If you got a chance to hear it, go back and listen to it. Psalm 145, I will extol you, my God and my King, and praise your name forever. And then verse 4 of Psalm 145 says, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Why? Because he's a big God and he's worthy of it. So I talked about hearing God. Everybody say, hear God. God. The second one was teach God. Say, teach God. Teach God. God. So we will not hide these truths from our children. Psalm 78 verse 4. Right? That's our main text for last week. Talked a little bit about that and how hiding truths from our children. How many know that if you don't tell your kid who they are, someone else is going to tell them who they think they are. If you don't impress upon your children, right, who you believe they are and who you see God, you're the one that carried them. You're the one that bore them. You're the one that brought them to this world. There's a, there's a vision and a hope and a dream God gave you as a parent. You have a chance to speak that into them for at least 18 years of their life. Then they got to go out and make decisions. Bad ones, good ones, indifferent And your sowing into them is going to help bring them to a place of knowing God. Listen, I understand those moments. Some of you are like, I'm praying for my prodigal. I'm praying for this person to come back. Can I tell you, don't give up? Come on, somebody. 
I like it. We were out last week. My wife mentioned it earlier. We were out last week at a conference for pastors. It was just an enrichment time for a couple of days. And, and I love how uh, one the speaker, um, Sam Rodriguez, said this. He said, turn the porch light on. The prodigal's coming home. Come on, somebody. That's a promise. Isn't that good? Turn the, what's, what's your act of faith? I don't know how to believe. I don't know how to pray. Turn the porch light on. Your prodigal's coming home. That's your act of faith right now. Whatever it takes, whatever you need to do, but just turn on the porch light, the prodigal's coming home. However you need to trust and believe. So let me ask you, what are you doing to pass the word of God in your home? Right? What are you doing to disciple? Because it's not my job to disciple your church. I get them for what, two hours a week maybe on a room like this. And if they leave to Freedom Kids, it's less than that, right? And if they go to youth, they get them for maybe an hour and a half or something like that. By the way, youth is on Wednesday nights at 6.30 in that room. All right? If you're not getting them there, you need to get them there. Because God is raising up a generation. And you're going to see that in the coming weeks here. You're going to see how God is raising up some young people to do some things. Amen? How many are excited about the future? Yes? You got to get excited. And you got to support what God is doing in the house of God. So watch this. So, so, so. We think that somehow it's the church's job that I'm going to bring my kids to church and they're going to disciple them. We only get them for a couple hours. You get them for the rest. What are you doing at home to facilitate that? It's important. Because if you think that going to church once, twice, three times a month is going to disciple your kids, you got another thing coming. There's a rude awakening coming. There's a rude awakening coming. So what are we supposed to do? Repeat biblical principles in their lives. I know mom. I know dad. That's a good sign. Hello? Some of you think I'm nagging them. No, no, no. That's repeating. How many know that that memory comes from repetition? Memory comes from repetition. Memory comes from repetition. Memory comes from repetition. Okay, you got it, right? So repeat it. If your kids say... I know, and they can repeat it before you say it. You've done a good job. I know, mom. I know that. That's a good sign. For everybody else, it's like, oh, you're nagging them. No, no, no. Repeat, repeat, repeat promises. When the kids walk out of the, when your kids walk out of the, uh, the car, say something to them and, and get a, a thought in your mind that you say to them all the time. Talk about them. Talk about what? Not the kids. Talk about the promises of God in their life. Talk about them. Hey, kid, do you remember that time we, kids, do you remember when we were struggling and and that check came out of nowhere in the mail? Oh, I got that raise at work. I didn't expect it. Did you know that was God providing because I prayed that week that God would provide? Come on, somebody. Y'all getting real quiet on me. I will preach last week's message if you don't act like you knew it. Third thing, tie them. What does that mean? Put something to remember that promise in your life. Tie them. And so uh, that's all based out of uh, uh, the, the passages in scripture here in Deuteronomy. Where Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. Repeat them. Talk about them. Tie them. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. They would tie things on their forehead with scriptures. And they would remind them. of Obviously a cultural thing. But we, we wear faith wear, right? Some of us wear faith wear, right? Some of us rock the Nike. Others of us, others of us watch uh, or put faith wear on. I like faith wear. I like something that declares the, the things I believe right on my chest. It says savior. 
Somebody know Jesus is Lord. A big cross with a lion on it. I just got one of those shirts recently. I love it. And so I love wearing my faith because it may draw conversation. And that may give opportunity. And last thing, write them down. Guess what? If you leave your children in a world where you never stood up, they'll live in a world that they can't. If you, leave, if you live in a world where you never stand up for something, when you pass along and you pass away... They'll live in a world that you, they, they can't get up. They can't stand up. Show them what it's like to stand up. Amen. Last thing, keep up with God. And so I want to move forward in keeping up with God. So let's, let me, allow me to approach some more about hidden things, right? So let me talk a little bit about this. I took a little longer than I wanted to, but I felt like that was necessary. How many know you can't cancel God? Amen. Did we establish that a little bit already? Yeah. How many know you can't cancel God? No matter how... How powerful you think that the world is or, or, or big tech or government. You can't cancel God. You can't cancel God. God is going to be sovereign ruler over all things for all time. And you think you're going to silence him, but you can't. Man will find a way to get to God. And God has sent two people very different in their approach. How many remember John the Baptist? Anybody remember John the Baptist? Right? And, he, and he sent Jesus. Anybody know who Jesus is, right? Jesus of Nazareth. I hope you do. But, but, but you look at John the Baptist and Jesus, and let's look at the, the contrast, the sharp contrast in how they approach ministry. But guess what they were doing? They were both pointing to life. They were both pointing to the Father. You, you can make the argument to say that John the Baptist was pointing to Jesus and Jesus pointed to the Father. That's a good argument. But ultimately, they were trying to bring life, Right? But you got one, on one hand, you have John the Baptist eating locusts and honey on, in the wilderness, right? Then you got Jesus who's just walking around with his disciples and, and helping people and healing people. People that are hurting, people that are broken. Very different approach, right? Probably very different diet as well, right? Probably a different diet there. But I love how a lot of times when Jesus would walk around... They refused to be part of one. Some people would be, refuse to be a part of John's party because maybe they thought he's a little too radical. I'm not ready to eat locusts. I'm just not there yet. I'm not holy enough. Right? But then you, they wouldn't get around Jesus because they couldn't hand around tax, uh, tax collectors and sinners. Right? Because I'm not, I don't want to be thought of that way. And so you have very different reasons why people didn't approach these men. When they called Jesus a drunk and a glutton, it's because he hung around people that were like that. Not because he was that, but because who he associated himself with. But God had a mission for Jesus. Scripture says that the parents must say to the elders in Deuteronomy, watch this. Uh, um, because they were thinking of Deuteronomy 21 when they would call Jesus these, these things. And they would look at him as, uh, you know, kind of through the eyes of Deuteronomy. So let me, let me kind of give this picture for you. Look at me for a moment. I need you to understand something. When, when, the, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees and everybody else was sad, you see. And all of those people, they all looked at Jesus. They all looked at Jesus through this lens. And here's the lens that they looked at Jesus through. Deuteronomy 21.20. The parents must say to the elders, these sons of these sons of ours, stubborn and rebellious and refuses to obey. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And then all of the men of this town must stone him to death. In this way, you will purge this evil from among you. And all Israel will hear about it and be afraid. So they were like, we're doing God's will. If we just like yell at Jesus enough, he'll stop hanging around drunkards. 
But they didn't understand that Jesus had a mission to love the unlovable. The one that every the people that everybody else cast aside, Jesus came along and he friended them and he loved them. And while they were looking at it through Deuteronomy's eyes, Jesus was looking at the people through the Father's eyes. Has God looked upon you with the Father's eyes? He has, hasn't he? That's why that's probably why you're here today. And maybe you're here this morning and you don't even really have a relationship with God. That's okay. I need you to understand. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Hello? Come on, that's worth something right there. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. God has given you a chance to get right with him today. And he's given you a chance to say, you know what? I've been there. I've been that. And so these people that looked at Jesus and all the followers of Jesus, right? They looked upon all these people like they themselves were doing it just because they were around them. So they took their authority from scripture. And guess what? That still happens today. People still take a scripture and they use it to bash you over the forehead. Come on. How many know something? Let me tell you something right here. I'm going to clear from the pulpit. You will not be bashed in this church over the head with a Bible to tell you what you're doing wrong. We allow the Holy Spirit to do that and we allow correction. I'm not going to say you won't be corrected in certain things. I'm not saying that we won't lead, but I'm allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does and let me do what he called me to do and stop being, come on somebody, judge, jury, and executioner. He didn't call you to be judge. He didn't call you to be jury. He didn't call you to be executioner. You know what he called you to be a witness. So sometimes, let me go back to the hidden things for a moment. Sometimes the reason why we don't see the hidden things is because we're so busy with our eyes on everybody else. One time a woman came to the pastor and said, pastor, can I talk to you? And the pastor says, sure. Pastor, I see this person with this problem. And I see that person with that problem. That person's doing this. And this person's sinning. And I know this. And this person's doing that. And the pastor said, how do you know that? He says, because I know these things. The person said to the pastor. The pastor said, do me a favor. Grab that cup right there. She did. She grabbed the cup. Follow me, media team. Follow me. They grabbed that cup. He said, bring it to me. And she brought it over and he filled it right to the edge, all the way to the edge. And he said, do me a favor. This is real, real right to the edge. Do me a favor. Walk around the sanctuary just one time with this, would you? Would you just take this and just walk around the sanctuary one time and do me a favor. Don't spill a single drop, would you? And I don't know if the media team's going to follow me a little bit. I'll entertain it up here for a moment. And so the, the lady said, pastor, what do you want me Just do it, please. Okay. So she took it and she walked around. She walked around. She walked around. Real carefully. She carefully walked around. Who's with me? Who's with me? You still with me? Am I boring you? Am I boring you? No. Excuse me a second. Just Okay. So he looked at it and they followed it. And the lady's walking and took her time, took her time. And she walked all the way around. She she got back to the pastor. and, And there was pastor. And she looked at it. And she looked at it. And she put it down. She goes, okay, pastor. I did what you asked. And he said, did you spill any? No. Why? Because I went slow and I watched it. 
How do you know you didn't spill any? Because I kept my eyes on it. Pastor looked at her and said, stop worrying about what everybody else is spilling and keep your eyes in your cup and you will let God do the work. Listen, there are times that we just have to take introspect, look at ourselves and say, God, how can I be more like you? And then that's when he begins to reveal these hidden things. Most of the people that didn't hear what Jesus was saying or teaching were because they were so focused on everybody else's issues, tissues and issues and issues and more tissues. Everybody's worried about everybody else's problems. The problem is you never get to focus on your own if you're worrying about everybody else's. It's getting real quiet, Lisa. I better close. I better close before people start throwing stuff at me. So they took their authority from scripture. They were looking at it and they were, they were kind of applying it to that moment when it didn't need to be applied. God was up to something. Come on, somebody say God is up to something. So, they didn't like his style or his message. They being the people, his being Jesus, right? So they flatly refused to participate. Some of them flatly refused to participate in the things that God had for them. And the things that John was saying, the things that he was saying. Why? Because they were so focused on everybody else's revealed things, they never had a chance to see God's hidden thing. Did you get that? If you're so focused on the reveal things that everybody else is revealing in their life, you never have a chance to let God show you the hidden things. What are those hidden things? They're promises. They're things in your life, revelation, things that will change your life forever. And those hidden things are the things that every believer should want. Lord, show me more of you. Reveal more of you. Who, who has a prayer like that in their life? Honestly, just raise your hand. If you have a prayer like that, Lord, I want to see more of you. I kind of, come on, somebody. I, I got like a few people. Is everybody else okay? You like okay with your faith? Or, or you can grow a little bit. Let, let me ask another thing. How many desire to grow? How about that? How many desire to grow? Okay, so, so you're saying, well, what do you mean by grow? I'm saying that the more and more you hang out with Jesus, the more and more he reveals himself of his hidden things. Because you're close enough to him to hear him. So when he ministered to the people and taught them and he performed miracles and healings and all the things that were taking place. Watch this now. He did so to reveal more of his person. And every time he revealed more of his person, they got to be closer with Jesus. That's why for some people, when Jesus was taken away that night, they were rocked to the core. They were rocked to the core. When they took Jesus out of the garden, when he was about to be tried and unjustly, by the way, right? Tried and all these things were about to happen. They scattered. And y'all know what I'm talking about because there are people in your life that you thought were your, your tribe, right? That's a new thing, right? It's a tribe thing. Right? A tribe. These are the people that I really hang with. And all of a sudden something went south and they're gone. And you're going, where where did they go? 
Well, Jesus understood that there were some people that were so focused on all the things that were not important that they let their faith slip. So watch this. I want to show you Matthew chapter 11. And this is a hard passage. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. You ever seen Jesus go off on something? And you're like, whoa. Well, this is one of the woe passages. This is a woe passage. Everybody ready? Then Jesus began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles have been performed. How many know it's, it's rough when you like perform all these miracles and then like you're all jacked up? That's like having a revival service. Everybody's feeling great. And then all of a sudden the speaker goes, and you have sin in your life and you have sin in your life and you, my goodness, you got so much sin in your life. And then you're like, wait, just wait just a minute. Some great things happen. All of a sudden you want to point some things out. Well, Jesus starts to point out some things, super specific things. Watch this. He began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles have been performed. Because they did not what? Repent. Repent. So they wanted the blessing without the repentance. And then he says this. Woe to you Chorazin. Woe to you Bethsaida. If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidian, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Just so you know, sackcloth and ashes was a way that people repented and visibly shown outward by putting sackcloth on their flesh and ashes on their flesh to show outwardly what is happening inwardly. Right? So that was their way of mourning. And repenting that they did wrong. But I tell you it is more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you Capernaum. (laughs) And you Capernaum. You will be lifted up to the skies? No, you will go down to the depths. If the miracles that were performed in you have been performed in Sodom. It would have been remained to this day. But I tell you. That it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Uh, Check please, table one. That's when you want to bail. That's when you want to bounce. That's when you want to get out of there as soon as possible. And you want nothing with being, you you don't want to be part of Corizon. Or Corizon. You don't want to be part of Bethsaida. And you sure don't want to be part of Capernaum. Because Jesus done rebuked all of them. And these were the places that he did the most what? Did you hear yourself? He did the most miracles there. Yet that's the place he just corrected. Why? Because they wouldn't? So how important is repentance then? Even if you think you got favor. You know what that's like? Can you imagine? For them to say you're worse than Tyre and Sidian. You know what what he's saying here? It'd be like saying... America. You ready for this? America. You have no idea what you just did. It is easier for Hitler and all the followers of Hitler to receive mercy than it is for you on the day of judgment. America. That's what he did. He dropped the bomb. He dropped a J-bomb right there. In this case, a truth bomb. Why? Repentance didn't happen. Listen, you want to find hidden things, but you're hiding your sins. 
You want hidden things with hidden sins. You can't have both. Come on, somebody. I know this is hard. This is hard. But God gave me a word for you this morning and I need to bring it. Are you hearing me? God God says to you today, you want hidden things and you can't do that with hidden sins. It's hard to hear that God would rather bless a cursed people that hated like the Nazis and Germany and Hitler and all those individuals that did unspeakable acts. That'd be like saying they're more blessed than you are on the day of judgment. Why? Let's, let's retract for a moment all the way back to the beginning. Why? Because the people of God were given something and they're accountable to that something. The people that are in the world, guess what? Look at me for a moment. The people in the world don't know God. They're going to be sinners. They're going to cause sin. They're going to do whatever they do because they don't know God. But they're not responsible for what they don't know. You're responsible for what you do. So what he's saying here is, don't worry about the world and their sin because I got that on my radar. You are not even close to getting the sin in your life on your radar because you could care less. God gave you blessings. God gave you this. God gave you that. But you're so preoccupied with all the things he got you. You're excited about that and you don't do a thing about it in your life. You're accountable for that. Pastor, don't preach stuff like this. Kumbaya is good. Mm. Friends, I care more about your soul than your toes. And I don't mind stepping on it if I can get your soul right with God. I got to do this. And I got to understand these truths that in order for me to understand the hidden things of God, I have to realize that repentance has to happen. And if I say I follow Jesus, I follow all of Jesus. Not the parts I like. Not the parts that seem right. Not the cool bumper sticker Jesus ones. God helps those who help themselves. Not a scripture, friends. Not a Bible verse. Hello? We are all God's children. Not a scripture, friends. Not a Bible verse. Hello? Getting quiet, that means I'm preaching. Matthew eleven thirty five. Matthew eleven thirty five. Watch this what it says right here. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Why did he reveal these things to the little children? Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why for the sake of time? I won't ask you to figure it out. I'm gonna tell you why right here. Because little children still have wonderment. They still have wonder and desire. They still look at life as a span of opportunity. Things that they don't they never experienced before. They're willing to believe you. You ever told a kid something and they go, oh, for real? And you're like, no, I was kidding. <laughs> and they're like, why? Because they believe. We get older, we get cynical. We get older, we get colder. Come on, somebody. Some of us get older, others of us get colder. Pastor Tony, I know because it's so cold in here right now. No, 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 no. Spiritually, we get colder because I've seen that before. I've heard that passage before. I've heard this preached before. I've heard. 
And we all of a sudden become cynical and sarcastic. And why can't we hear from God? Look at me. Every eyeball right here. Look at me. Look at me. Every eyeball. I'm going to wait till everybody's looking at me. Watch me now. When we get older and colder, the hidden things become more hidden. And the hidden sins become more hidden. Because you get callous in your faith. I don't want that for you. I want you to be wise and learned. Like little children who come to the master. Teach me something. Pastor, don't make me read verses. You know what? Don't read verses. Don't worship. That's okay. You'll only be doing that for eternity. Get used to it. Come on, somebody. Right? Listen, we start service at 10 o'clock. Show up, ready to go. Because if you can't praise God here, guess what? You're going to have a hard time in heaven. Because that's what we're doing for eternity. You want to know about hidden things? Get with God. You want to be less distracted? Sit toward the front. Stand over here while they're worshiping. Get, because I'm a visual guy, I got to stand. I gotta, whether I was pastor or not, I'm going to sit toward the front. Because I get distracted with too much stuff going on. I need to focus on my Savior. Come on, somebody. Anybody else ADD a little bit? Squirrel. Back to the sermon. Right? I need to focus on him. Why? Because I need to be more like a child. Now watch this. Let me say this and and I'm going to close here in a moment. Matthew 18 verses 1 through 4. Watch this. At the time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had them stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because humility brings out the best of God in us. Humility brings out the best. Hidden things are revealed to those who desire revelation from heaven over rhetoric of this world. Do you desire revelation from heaven or rhetoric from the world? The world will have words for you. The world has, has already a layout of what they believe. They, they just want to feed that to you so you can just repeat after me. Come on, somebody. Repeat after me. Come on, somebody. Repeat after me, right? Just repeat after me. That's what the world wants to do. They just want you to say rhetoric. But here's what God wants. God wants revelation to come into your life. Revelation from heaven. And you say, well, pastor, I don't know, I don't know what that means. Open up his word. Talk to somebody that maybe has a faith that you don't you want to get to at some point and let them begin to open up scripture to you. And so here's my final thought. The Bible says something very, very important. I need you to pay attention to this. That God opposes something. And what is what does he oppose? How many know that anything that stands up to God, you better have you better be ready, right? But you know what opposes God? Pride. Pride. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, if you're in this room and you're like me, I need more grace than pride. Pride, that comes naturally. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever watch children long enough? 
They're really good at saying me, mine, no. Three very important words to children. Me, mine, no. Right? You take their tone. You take their toy, rather. And they're saying, no, give me. Somebody else does something. No, that's mine. It's time to go to bed. No. No. No bed. We already know how to be selfish. We already know how to be prideful. We already know how to be selfish. And and, and, and anyway, that's not the problem. The problem lies in the grace part. The humble part. I need grace, so I need to be humble. So here's what I'm looking at today. As I look at the hidden things I realize in my life. Man. I really need to humble myself in the sight of the Lord. So if you're in this room today and you're saying to me, Pastor Tony, I realize I probably have some pride in me that's stopping me from being a certain thing or doing a certain thing. Can I invite you to join me? Because I'm the first one to stand up on my own message. You ready? I'm the first one to say I need more humility in my life so I can hear from him better. Because it's in this humility that his revelation comes. So if you're in this room today and you're saying, Pastor Tony, that's me. Can I invite you to just stand up with me for a moment? You're saying, I need more grace in my life as we humble ourselves before him. Can we do that? If you're at home and you're streaming online right now, I'd love for you to type in, in, in the comments right below. Type in there, I want to be humble. Just write that. Because in that way you're declaring it. And you're saying and you're typing it or whatever. I want to be humble. And that's what you're doing when you're standing here today. I want to be humble. It's hard. Amen. But see, Jesus is telling us that we have to be humble. We have to be simple. We have to be innocent and open. That's what children are. They're innocent. They're open. They don't. How many ever? How many kids ever came across a kid that has no filter? You ever came across a kid that no? And you know that some of you are like yes, I know. I parent one, right? I I, I gave. I, I brought one into this world, right? You know, I, I parent a kid that's completely unfiltered. Like they say whatever's on their mind. You ever met a kid like that? And and I remember there are times my I go places and, and when I was a kid and my my sister. She would say things. We were online. And she would say something in front of us may smell a little differently. And she'd be like, Ew, what's that smell? And I'd be like, Oh my God. Unfiltered. You've had those, you've had those moments where you said and did things and you're like, if I could just grab it in the air, I knew when I said it, if I could just grab it and be like, oh, and don't show your face around here again. But you can't, right? With that said, God is looking for humble people. Can I invite you right now, if you're at home or here, would you just lift up your hands? If you stood up, then you, this is for you. Just lift up your hands all across the room. You say, Pastor Tony, I don't lift my hands. Well, you do right now. Come on. Stand, just lift, lift up your hands for just a moment and just say, God, I give myself to you. 
Father, you see every act of declaration today. Lord, I pray that you would allow them to be humble. Lord, in that humility that they would receive the hidden things. Father, it's, it's not that you want to hide everything from them, but there are things that they're not ready to receive. So God, we humble ourselves right now in the sight of God. And we say, reveal to us your mercy and your grace. We want to be like you. We want to follow you. We want to love you all the days of our life. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I humble myself in your presence. Give to me the joy of salvation and the righteousness that comes from Jesus. I want to hear you. I want to know you. I want to follow you. Help me to love, give, and serve everyone you give me to serve. Thank you for Jesus. Father, I bless every person that just repeated that prayer right now. Whether live or online, bless them beyond anything they ever imagined. In Jesus' name. And reveal to us the hidden things. The hidden things. That we may walk rightly before you. We want to know that we're following the same. So God, reveal some deep truths to these wonderful individuals that they may know you personally, not just on Sundays, but know you daily in their lives. In Christ's name I pray. And everybody said...